Well, good morning. morning. How are we doing? What do we think of the youth band? Oh, really? What do we think of the youth band? Come on. Well, thank you so much. It was an absolute, it's been an absolute joy and an honor to get to work with all the youth, um, but specifically getting to work with the kids on worship. This was, uh, Pastor Bill said, this was kind of an adventure of a, of a year. We really didn't know what was going to happen, and we just kind of jumped in. And I think after the first year, we've definitely seen some really great trends of this really works. Some things tweaked and experimented with, but really, you know, the overall, this works. And one of the coolest things is a lot of these kids, uh, is, this, is this really loud? Because it feels really loud to me. Oh, is this what you deal with every week? Every week. Every week, wow. All right, and get some headphones. I'm used to the headphones up here. I don't have to listen to myself. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we just figured, why not try something different this Sunday and kind of go all in? And uh, what I want to say is we started youth group back in September, and I played guitar up here and led them in worship and said, I really don't want to be doing this. I'd much rather be you guys. And slowly but surely, a couple people were like, well, you know, I can sing. Well, you know, I've played a guitar once in my life. And I was like, bring it. And they're like, no, no. And then like a few weeks ago, by, well, I, I still have it, though. And I'm like, well, bring it. No, no, I couldn't. And then like slowly but surely, we and by December, we had eight or nine people. And we've already played at some other churches to perform with their youth group to help lead them in worship. Uh, two different times now, we've gone out to Katy to lead worship at churches. And yeah, no, it totally. And it's all, it's all these kids. And they're very impressive. And so I'm, it's just, it's a real honor. And I have to say that when they come in the door, I get a little tear in the eye. I get so excited. I just am very, very proud of each one of them. So with that in mind, we figured you've got worship like we do on a youth group night. We're going to have food after this, which I know everyone's excited about. I won't even take applause because it'll last too long. I know we're all excited about the food. Um, and then, so why not just do a youth group lesson, just like we do with youth? The only thing you're missing out on is the game. So if you want to play dodgeball, I'm sure there's some kids out here who would love to throw dodgeballs at you guys. But uh, you'll have to take it up with them somewhere else, maybe in the field that's not church sanctioned. That's on your own time if you want to do it. So, uh, but that being said, you're used to me in the sweatpants and a sweater, but you got to wear the hat. It's youth group. Come on. No? Now that I've officially embarrassed my entire family, there we go. All right. So we're going to talk today about some stuff because I do, I think Bill set it up perfectly. I greatly, greatly believe in the idea of a Christ-centered, a Bible-centered worldview approach to life. But the reality is, is we do a whole bunch of things, and sometimes we filter it through it, and sometimes we don't. And it's easy. How many of us know how to build a car work on the inside of a car? Engines, anything? I, I know there's some hands, because I know there's people in here. Just, great. OK, so that being said, so, we, so you, a couple people know how to build a car. How many of us know how to drive a car? How many of us who know how to work on the car think we drive better because we know how to work on the car? Yeah. So there's my, there's my illustration, is we don't need to know how the car works to drive it. Right? We know how to drive a car. But the understanding of what goes into it helps us take care of the car better, helps us work on the car. We can get more out of our car and vehicle. So the, the information we're learning is very important. But the application of driving the car is the most important part. If we don't know how to drive a car, building a car and leaving it in the driveway doesn't get us anywhere. So it's good to know how to do it. And, you, and the more you know, the better you are at it. But if you don't know how to apply it, how to step into the car, turn the ignition, and start driving, then you don't know what you're doing. It doesn't, the car sits there in the driveway, and it's a great thing, but it doesn't really serve you any purpose. And so in this kind of capacity, our approach to the youth is memorizing scripture, 110% important. Learning all the books of the Bible, 110% important. But knowing what to do when somebody shoves you in the hallway, 
most people don't start reciting the books of the Bible and have a positive impact on what goes on with that scenario. I'm just being honest. I mean, we can say, well, it's, and it is. It is very, very important. I don't want anybody, the live stream's got it recorded. <laughs> Nobody can say, Jimmy went out there and said, don't memorize scripture. That's not what I said. <laughs> what I'm saying is, what do we do? Do we live it or do we just know it? Because there's a difference between knowing it, being able to recite it, and having a heart that filters through and behaves in different ways. So we're going to talk today about something. I've never used this clicker, and I've only seen Bill have trouble with it. So here we go. We ventured together. Oh, my man. He's got me. Not, he's great with the slides, and he's great with the sermon. Okay, so we're going to... What? It's his first time working, yes, the adult services. Did you just want extra applause? Is that what it was? Okay. Fair enough. All right, so we're going to be talking about this word right here. It's a little small because we use a different TV in the youth room. So integrity. All right, so does anybody want to take a stab? What would you say integrity? Things that make you think about integrity. Oh, also, I make the youth um, participate, so get ready, guys. <laughs> so integrity, just shout them out. What are things, things you think about? Honesty, yeah, well, you're in the youth group. You can't do this. Any adults? Loyal. Loyal, good. Doing what you say you're going to do. Okay, anything else? Character. Character. Consistency. Hey, he's a good one. Doing the right thing. Oh, you got an applause. There you go. All right. I never get an applause at youth group, so that's, this is a big deal. All right, cool. So let's take a look. Did it work? It, uh, well, there we go. I asked that already. This doesn't work. Can you click the slides? <laughs> Done with that. Um, can we, do we need to buy you a new clicker? I feel like we do. Go ahead. You can keep going. All right, so let's look at what the dictionary defines integrity as. So we have a screen I can't read there. So the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles and moral uprightness. And I would love to add what uh, Kate yelled out about that idea of doing it when nobody's watching. Okay, so this kind of thing is we have, we have the way that we want to be and the things that we've learned, quote learned, and then in the middle we have real life and what happens to us day in and day out. And then by the time we're over here, we're some mix of what's happened. We have what we like to or what we believe or what we've been taught. And then we have how we've actually lived something through. Bill always uses the example of being in traffic and waving to people in the less nice ways than you can. But the idea is, if I said, well, you know, I've learned a bunch of stuff, and I've, I've enjoyed my time at youth group, and I've had fun, and, and all this, and I've learned some things, but then when somebody cuts me off in traffic, I yell at them and roll my window down and gesture to them and whatever. Or someone shoves me in the hallway, and I shove them back, and I'm like, you idiot, get out of my way. You see, I'm great with the youth, idiot. Um, so, <laughs> I'm from another part of the country. That's how they talk. All right. And then so you get over here is I would look down the line and I go, does my integrity, does what I believe, did it line up with how I behaved? Because it doesn't matter what I know. It really doesn't. It matters what I did. Because if I, if I deep in my heart, I have friends. Jesus talks right about this. If deep in my heart I have friends who have success and I'm like, that's great. And then secretly I'm like, I hate them. I wish it was me. That doesn't line up by the time I get to where I am because I've said a bunch of stuff that doesn't agree with what I tell people I know or what I profess to believe. So you can keep going on the slides. So lovely house. Who wants to live there? Show of hands. Olivia, you did the same thing in youth group. OK. <laughs> Anybody? Why don't we want to live here? What's wrong with it? It's got a, got a bad foundation. What is the foundation, if you can even call it that? Sand, yeah, a couple of posts just kind of pushed down with, you know, just held it in there and said a prayer and walked away, kept building. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I love the beach. My favorite place in the entire world is to just relax on the beach. But, you know, to be honest, I don't know that I could handle this. 
I'd be a little afraid. Although, if it kind of started to tip down, I could, it'd be easy to do my dishes. I could just roll them <laughs> on the floor, and they'd go right out the door, and that'd be the end of it. So, uh, no, we wouldn't want to live there because it's not stable. And so Jesus talks about the same thing when he says, uh, we're going to read out of the scripture in a second. So let's go to the next slide. We take that. You say yes or okay or maybe or no. I like the other one with the stilts. I don't care. Just be honest. Uh, yeah, so this is much nicer. I'd much rather live here because I feel like that house will still be there after a storm. And we had that storm the other night. You put your cars away because of the hail, right? Or one of the cars if you only have one garage. Um, but so the, it's a family joke because we can only fit one of our cars. Wow, is this what I do to you guys? Is this that bad? Nice. All right, it's going to get worse. Uh, so, well. All right, well, so yeah, the foundation is much better. I would trust that house in a storm. I'm planted on something that not only have I understood what's there, but I've used it to the advantage where it provides stability. It'd be one thing to build a house in the sand and see the rock over there, be like, well, there's nice rock, but I don't want to take the time. I don't want to drill through that. I don't want to do the hard work because. I can't live in my house as fast. I want to just pop my beach house up and move on. And so there's two ways to do it. And Jesus is very clear. So let's go ahead and skip into the next. You can skip this one. I don't have my clicker. I have no control. Okay. So in Matthew 7, 24 and 26, we read this. Everyone who hears his words and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. All right. Good. Then he went on to say, everyone who hears his words and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. Okay. So Jesus was pretty clear. Okay, you can, both of you can hear the same thing. Both of you can go to Sunday school, you can get the sticker, you can be in the Bible memorizing stuff and all, and I didn't even do those things in school, so I don't even know what they're called, but there's the little awards that people can get. And you can both do the same thing, but if you don't put them into practice, then it doesn't matter how many stickers you've got, Jesus is pretty much calling you out. He's saying, that's foolish. Why would you do that? Why would you hear these things that are good for, it's so loud, it's so weird. Why would you do these things that are, that, I'm telling you are good for your life and building your character and just disregard them. So we're going to talk about some different examples of people and things in history that maybe help us understand some of this. So you can go ahead and skip ahead. Okay, so we should be familiar with all these different types of people, right? We've got football players, singers, an actor and actress, an engineer and a doctor. So if I was a football player and I went in and I didn't bother to learn any of the plays because I didn't have time, I already cashed my check. I've made my money. I'm playing for the Chiefs, I guess. I would never insult the Eagles like that. So, uh, but I'm playing for my team, and I go in, and I do my thing, and I, I go, ah, I don't need to learn that. And they go, okay, well, it would be really good if you showed it to practice. I read the book. It's fine. I'm good. And then you get in, and the play, oh, no, it didn't go as planned. Well, if you've been practicing, and you're playing with your team, and you've learned how to play the game, then you adapt, and you keep moving, and you do it. But if you just show up on day one and expect to be good at it, you're going to have nowhere to go. You're not going to know what to do. And so the football player that doesn't practice is not the football player that's going to take you to a Super Bowl, except in that case. Um, but I'm from Philly. I'm an Eagles fan. He was at my house. We had a whole thing. Uh, but the singer, wow, really no Philly fans at all here. Okay. The singer, the same thing. All right. All right, guys. I had to deal with the Astros. Come on. All right. So the singer, the same thing. We all have favorite singers. We have favorite artists or musicians that we love. Would we want to go out there if they came out and they just said, I, I know my song because I wrote it. I've never practiced it or tried it. It's a great hit single. Here we go. We're just going to try it and see how it goes. No, it'd be like, I paid a lot of money for this. In most cases, I paid a lot of money for this. I want to hear something that's rehearsed so they know that if they want to be good at something, they have to practice it. 
Okay, and we can keep going. I don't have to go through every example, but my favorite one is the doctor or the engineer because who wants to drive on a bridge for someone who's like, they kind of got through engineering school. <laughs> they put a little sign at the front when you're driving up and they come and they go, uh, it says, um, this guy got a D in engineering, but he still got his degree. It's like, uh, I'll take the long way. Let's say, or the doctor, you're going in for surgery and as they're putting the mask on, they go, I did, you know, I, I went through, it was an online program, I didn't really, but it's good, it's good, I still have my certification. And then they go, no, I would be pulling, I'd be like, yeah, please, and hopefully the anesthesia's not that good because then you're passed out before you know it. But the point being is we don't trust things like that, but we do that with ourselves all the time. We send ourselves into a world that is completely geared, completely geared on how to take us apart, make us feel terrible, make us feel overwhelmed, make us feel out of place, make us feel not good enough. I don't need to keep going, we all. We're all nodding our heads because we know that we go through this, but then we send kids into the world and we say, go ahead and figure it out. You, you memorized your Bible, right? Go ahead. Well, that's good and that's a great start, but how do I put it into practice? And so what we do with the youth week in and week out is talk about these things. We talk about, well, do you feel like you don't belong somewhere? What does the Bible talk about, about feeling, about your value and your place and your belonging in something? Because you know what? You probably don't belong everywhere. Let's just be honest. It's okay to say, you know what? Those people didn't want me around, but as I've stepped back and I've matured, I probably don't need to be there. What about when you're depressed about something or something doesn't work out, like you're, you're, a lot of kids are in sports or are in different performance-oriented things. What about when you're not the gold medal? Do you still feel? Do you think that Jesus has things to talk about, about how we feel about ourselves when we don't meet certain expectations? Are they even our expectations? Because we're going to get out of high school. We're going to go, well, some of us. We're going to get out of high school, and we're going to go on other things, and we're going to go not only into sports, but into jobs and into careers and into families and into things. And we have to, all of those things are foundational to how we treat the people and how we behave and interact with the people around us. How do you feel when you get bullied or when you get picked on? I'm sure the Bible has lots of stuff to say about it, anxiety. And so that's why we wanted to talk about this as kind of a starting point with you guys is the integrity. So instead of challenging you to turn, which is what everyone's gonna do and go, yes, kids, have you learned about integrity? I'm challenging us to turn it inward and say, what do we stand for? What do you guys stand for? You don't have to say anything, don't worry. Wow, I just weren't gonna say anything. All right, so no, what do we stand for? And so that idea is when my kids watch me, they see me play out exactly what I stand for. Now that's not what I tell them I stand for. I could tell them something different. But when they see me day in and day out, when they see me interact with someone that doesn't give me fair treatment at a place, or that cuts in front of me, or does something, how I react is what they learn. And that's my integrity. It's good and bad, in the sense that it's good because look at how much control and power we have to influence, but it's bad because if we treat it like the engineer who just got through school, or we treat it like the football player who he already knew all the plays, he doesn't have to go work and practice, then what we're leaving them is a great model to go right into a place where they don't feel that kind of security. They don't know. I don't know how to have integrity because I've never seen somebody have integrity. So I'm not calling anybody out. I don't want people to feel people like, wow, way to just hit me with that. No, but my point being is we get to see the kids, the youth group, for and about two hours on a Sunday night. Half an hour of worship, half an hour of game time, half an hour of eating, which usually goes to 35 minutes because people bring great food. Thank you to the people who bring food. It's usually delicious. Um, but then there's that 30, 35 minutes of time we teach. I can't teach kids how to memorize the Bible in 35 minutes. But you know where they are all the time? 
at home with their family, with their friends. They spend a lot of time in school. And so all of these things, as much as we could sit up and set a great program and do all this stuff, I've just, the scale is so tipped. We've got 35 minutes to figure out how to erase a week of people messing with them at school or doing all kinds of things. That's not, that's not gonna help. So instead of trying to overcome that and, and erase that, trying to teach them how to interact with that, how to respond to that, how to deal with it so that it doesn't have the same weight. And so I charge you guys with the same responsibility, if not even greater. Well, definitely greater, not if not. So this is hard, I don't like this. You do this every week? Yeah, wow. <laughs> It's so much easier in front of the kids. So I don't know why. Just I'm expecting it to be easier. But my point being is we have those moments where we get to interact with our kids, where we get to sit down, we get to be at the dinner table, we get to ask them questions or talk to them about stuff or explain why something is important. You know, Dad, why did you do that? Mom, why do you do that? Well, it's important because this, 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 and this, or this is what I believe, or this is what we believe. That goes every single night. There's opportunities to do that. It's seven days, six more days than I get to see them. So the integrity that we have is going to be the greatest teacher as parents that we could ever give to our kids. Because how you interact with someone who doesn't treat you right, or how you interact with someone who does treat you right, or, or whatever you do, however, however, how many of you have been building something or working on something and kids come storming in the room just being kids and everything falls apart? You're smiling because it happens, or we're working on something, or we're doing something, and kids come running in, but they're just being kids, they're not doing anything. And they just run in, and you're like, oh, I just hit delete everything instead of send that email. That was not supposed to happen. But the reality is, is take a deep breath, be like, I could be mad, or I could explain, I'd be like, well, you know what? Hey, I'm working on something, be a little quiet, instead of just being like, oh, look what you did, look, I messed this up. That's, that communicates so much more than just sitting down and saying, well, the Bible says be slow to anger. Well, great, but am I slow to anger? Because the Bible says this. This is that thing I always do with the kids. There's the three steps. Yes, it says this, but this is how I acted. So what does it really say? Because the Bible's not wrong. It doesn't change. How I act doesn't change what it says. And we do this thing, and we're in generations. Bill just explained some horrifying numbers. We're in generations of generations of people who've seen, who've been told the Bible says one thing, lived around people who do another thing, and they don't have time for it anymore. Because they're like, it doesn't, I, that book didn't help. It didn't help them because it was, they just get the human spin to it. And they don't understand that the Bible didn't mess it up. We did. And so being able to be like, you know what? I did this wrong. Owning up to mistakes. Bible's real big on that. Own up to it. Confess. Set the example for your kids or your grandkids or neighbors or whatever. Not everybody's in the same boat, I don't think. But that was a joke. Wow, they just don't <laughs> land it. Am I really not funny, guys? <laughs> My poor family deals with me every day. So <laughs> my point being is we get to set that example and we get to set the tone. And so let's keep moving. Oh, oh, we're already there. So you can back. Yes. So Proverbs has something interesting to say about this. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left to keep your foot from evil. Everything we do, we're supposed to, we have this backwards. We're supposed to, Act and think, well, I'm human and I've got flaws, but the Bible tells me to do this and think this way, and now I can look down and be like, man, I made such better decisions. I handled myself so much better. I'm so much happier going to bed tonight than I was yesterday because I thought about it and I was calm and I handled something well or I set a good example or I inspired somebody. And then eventually, your kids ask questions. They start to say, you know, how come you do this? Well, this is what the Bible says. I wanted to feel this way because we're all going to feel it. 
We create this Christian narrative where we're like, well, if you believe in Jesus, you don't feel bad things towards people. Or you don't want to mess up because Jesus fixes all that. Well, I've been doing this for a long time, and I feel bad things. I feel disappointed. I get angry. I get mad. I get upset. I get hurt. But then I filter it through the other way, and I'm like, you know what? Does it really matter? Did it really matter? Because God said all these other things that matter so much more when I think about it. So we can keep moving because I'm running a lot longer than I thought I would. Typical me. Uh, Oh, back up one, sorry. I want my clicker. I really do. Okay, so the integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. And so that's the last thing we're going to leave with. So these are some great scriptures to kind of have in your heads talk about, is that idea that it's supposed to be a lamp unto my... Oh, come on. You guys didn't get your Bible stickers. It's supposed to be a lamp unto my... So that means I don't go, I'm really mad. Jump to conclusions. No, I'm really upset. Bible, what is next? What is next? What is next? Because I can't see any further. I have no idea what I'm jumping into. And if I keep doing this, I'll see that the stage ends. So if I jump, bad things are going to happen. I'm going to get hurt or I might fall onto somebody else. So that idea, it's supposed to guide us. It's supposed to walk us forward. And so, yes, it's great to memorize scripture. And the only way you can be guided by scripture is to memorize it. But the idea is, is a bunch of verses that you know don't do you any good if you don't know how to apply them. So when someone shoves you in the hallway, when somebody says you're not good enough, instead of somebody said I'm not good enough, that book didn't do anything. Now I'm over here and I'm bummed out because all I read was I I know all the birth order of what goes into David's lineage. It's great. It's important. It's historical. It needs to happen. But that doesn't really help me in a pinch. Okay, when something is an emotional reaction, I'm going to go to the core of who I am. And if who I am is kind of angry or if who I am gets offended, then that's what I'm going to do. How many of you perform really, really well under pressure? Like if a car's coming at you, do you freak out? I see some hands. All right, some good. So a car's coming at you, do you like freak out and turn or are you like, this is fine. Everything's fine. This is calm. I love this. You missed me. Great. (laughs) We don't do that. We freak out. So when the pressure's on, if we haven't practiced it, we're not going to do it. It's just the reality. Is there some people who get very good at at taking time, but they learn how to pace themselves, and that's what we're practicing. We're learning how to be like, there's a crisis. What do I need to do? Instead of, there's a crisis. Ah, instead of being, I hope she's not watching this, my mother. There's a crisis. Ah, what do I do? I love you, Mom, if you are. My point being is we don't need to panic. We have clear biblical instruction for pretty much literally everything that could ever happen to us. We have a savior who walked through the absolute biggest disappointment and mistreatment that has ever happened in human history. So I guarantee you that even if you really are being unfairly treated, there's an example for how to handle it. If you are anxious, there's an example for how to handle it. And the last thing I want to do to tie in before I put the questions up is before we got into the series that we're on now, right before spring break, from Christmas to spring break, we talked about famous characters of the Bible. And everybody knows that when Joseph was sold into slavery, he ends up being second in command in Egypt and everything is great and his life is great. That's how we know the story, right? Joseph, the amazing technical, is a musical about it, okay? So how many of us ever really think about all the days in between? Because Joseph didn't know the end of his story while he was living it. So we talked for, we did Daniel in the lion's den. We did Joseph in the dream coat. We did um, David and Goliath, Noah, and then King David. And we talked about all these things. um, Sorry, we talked about all these things as though they were happening. 
because when they go into the lion's den, um, Daniel can't read the rest of his book. I'm like, all right, guys, I'm going to get out. See, I have all this other stuff I do later in the chapter. <laughs> so when, when Joseph gets sold into slavery, and then he gets out, and then he gets falsely accused, and goes back, that first time, I'm telling you, and I tell the kids, I look right at it, I would have given up. I could not possibly go through that and go through it again and again and again and just be like, it's going to work out. Like Paul goes to prison. Paul gives everything that he has. He's, a, he's one of the most influential, famous, powerful people in the world. He meets Jesus and he goes, I don't even care about any of that. Put me in prison. I would Look at me and tell me you would give up all the money in the world, all the comforts and everything you need to go to prison. I didn't think so. So the reality is, is these people had faith. They believed in something that was so great, so life-changing because they encountered Jesus in a real way. Or they encountered God and the, the power of the Spirit of God in the Old Testament in a real way that they behaved differently, that they defied the odds. They went against every human reaction that we have. It feels good to be hurt and go home and be mad about it. It's easy. It's the path of least resistance. But that's not the examples that we're given. We're given someone who was sold into slavery unfairly. He bragged a lot, so there's kind of some stuff going on in the beginning of that story, if you know it. But he goes into slavery unfairly. He gets out, finally, after years and years and years, and he gets to serve in a, in a pretty good place. He's like, well, he's still a slave, but it's, it's some good digs. He's good. And then he gets falsely accused, and he goes back to the bottom of the pit. He doesn't get demoted a little bit. He goes back to the bottom, because all along, God has something way up here for him. But he's got to go all the way and hold on. Because he could have given up anywhere along this way. And then you don't get the story. Paul, Moses, um, Noah, all of these people, they all have the same example. Is that stuff happens, but their integrity had them behave differently. And when they messed up, they had enough integrity to say that they did. So we're going to put those questions up. So this is what I left the kids with the other day. And I want you guys to think about this. This is our question. And so we'll meet back here next Sunday, and I'll have you guys give me your answers. Okay? Just, wow, you guys are ready for the food. All right. So what do you want to be? What kind of person do you want to be? How do you want people to know you? And then that second bullet point, which people had confusion about how I worded this, I thought it made sense. Does that person really need to care what someone else would say. So does that person you want to be, does it really matter what somebody else has to say about you? If, if you want to stand up for somebody that gets picked on, if you want to do the right thing, if you want to be honest about something on a, like, look, I got overpaid. You shouldn't have overpaid me. Wow. How many of us would run back and tell our check was overpaid? Thank you. A few people were like, absolutely, because I work in accounting, and they'll catch me. Um, <laughs> no, my point being is, is that's integrity, because that person's going to get made fun of. That person's going to get teased. That person's going to get shortchanged somewhere else where it would have made up for it, made it fair. We're all about fair. I love fair, by the way. I always think things should be more fair, but that's just, don't look at me like that. So <laughs> my point being is, does that person that you want to be, does it matter what people say? Does it matter if people say, well, that's that, only a loser would think like that? or you don't have any backbone, or, or you let somebody say something bad about you and you, you, you still were open to being their friend. You didn't shut them out. You're like, look, I'm not going to retaliate. I'm not going to let you just beat me up, but I'm here. If you want to work things out, let's talk. I don't shut the door on people. Wow. I don't know a lot of people that do that. I know a lot of people that would get made fun of if they did. And so the last thing that we ask before we move on for the day is going to be, so what stops you? 
What stops you from the integrity that you have or you want to have or, or however you want to say it and the person that you end up being at the end of the day? So can we pray? Oh, and at that time, the, the worship team can come back up. Yeah, they may not know that, so. <laughs> so dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you. God, we just pray that you would help us to understand that we mess things up every single day. We mess things up all the time, but you chose to save us well before we were even a thought. That you knew who we'd be, you knew how we'd act, you knew the children that we would have, the relationships that we would have, and you trusted us with those families and those things. And so God, I just pray that you would help put a fire in our heart to instill the integrity that we're supposed to have in your name. The passion that we're supposed to live this life of faith with. God, that you would help inspire in the hearts of each and every person today. Whether you've been in this faith for as many years as you can remember, or whether you're just beginning this journey. But where we walk and how we behave, God, I just pray that you would help us to take that lamp and take one step, one clear step in the light of your word and the light of your guidance, and then take the next one and take the next one. I give you thanks for each and every person that's here. I give you thanks for these amazing kids and how hard they've worked and how incredible they've been. And God, I just pray that you would help them hold their lamp to their feet as they walk through new journeys, as they go into new school years after this, they go to college, they go all over the world. And God, if they walk with your lamp at your feet, then they will proceed as you have designed for them to do. God, we give you thanks, and we just praise your holy, precious, and perfect name, Jesus. And we thank you. Amen.